Thank you very much, Pastor Phillips. It is such a, a blessing for me to be here this morning and uh, to bring God's work, uh, God's word before you. And while I, I was uh, sitting there, and while Pastor Phillips was praying, and while I was uh, looking, you know, uh, inside of uh, this building, and um, it really takes me back for 49 years. 49 years ago when I was born in a very remote country, uh, village in Haiti. And it helps me to realize how wonderful and great God is. From Haiti, from that village, way in the middle of, the, of Cape Haitian in the north of Haiti, so I could be here today right in front of you to open God's word with you 49 years ago. What a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. And while you have your Bible open, and uh, maybe you are thinking uh, about Easter. Because this passage, it is a passage that people usually read during the uh, Easter season. Maybe you are asking yourself, uh, is uh, Pastor Charles is going to preach a message on Easter? But uh, we have a missions conference and uh, we are almost in the middle of November. But uh, I want to tell you, I'm not going to preach a message on Easter this morning, but I pray that God will use this time for me to preach the gospel. And uh, during this time, I will be able to um, explain and uh, to really show you through the Bible how really somebody can be a Christian and what somebody needs to be a Christian. And uh, I will be focusing on uh, verses uh, 39 to 43. But I think it is important for me to uh, uh, consider a little bit verses 35 to 38. Because those verses help, help us to really uh, think uh, about ourselves 
and about our situation and help us to think and realize sometimes in our lives we have to stand by ourselves. We will have nobody to defend us. We will have to defend ourselves and uh, even our closest friend won't be able to say anything. Some people may be watching. For example, this week I was reading right uh, after I finished talking uh, um, uh, this week or, or last week, and I was talking about uh, my teacher uh, who was uh, a French teacher and a lawyer and a very good Christian man. And uh, really, I wanted to be uh, like him. And I went into the internet and I clicked his name. And uh, when his name uh, came, and uh, you know, he uh, was a lawyer in the Supreme Court in Haiti. And the first thing I saw, I saw his name and uh, and they were really uh, talking about him and his family and also about his death. And uh, from Haiti, he was not even buried in Haiti. He was buried here in the United States. Uh, he died with cancer. So, um, and it really helped me to think, you know, someday, uh, people will have, and uh, you can imagine his uh, uh, children, his wife, uh, his brothers, uh, he was a twin. And uh, everybody, they were there at uh, the funeral just watching. And uh, they couldn't do absolutely anything for him at that moment. And when we uh, look at verse 35 and thinking about Jesus Christ's trial, and uh, the first sentence uh, exactly teaches us uh, how one day we will have to be by ourselves and nobody would be able to do anything for them, for us. Because it says uh, the people stood by looking. They stood by looking. While Jesus is in that situation, why he really needs somebody at least who could speak for him. While he would need somebody who would say, I know this man. He doesn't deserve to be where he is. But uh, they were watching. They were observing. And nobody said anything. And you can even think about those people who were observing, who were, who were watching, you know, among them, uh, we had some people that Jesus Christ helped uh, before he has been arrested. You can imagine people he was helping, people he healed even while he was there. And when he looked at them, he was thinking, maybe they would say something for me. But nobody said anything. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you are expecting that somebody would uh, come up and uh, defend you or say something on your behalf. 
Sometimes your closest friend just ignore you. The people you were eating with, you were working with, you were laughing with one day. And uh, while you are expecting for them to say anything, they just watching, or they ignore you, or they say they don't know anything. You know, Jesus was. You can imagine how he was. You can imagine how he felt in that situation. So the people, the crowd, they were observing, they were watching, and they did absolutely anything. And when we go on on this passage, we see that not only the people, but people really he would even. For example, it says uh, the rulers. You know, the rulers, the leaders. You know, they are there to make sure that everything is right. They are there to protect the Constitution. They are there to protect people. And not only the people didn't say anything on behalf of Jesus Christ, but also the rulers. And instead of doing something on his behalf, they said, he saved the others. Let him save himself. They were mocking him. How would you feel? How would you feel in that situation? Just think about it. You know, you would say, okay, the people don't say anything, but the rulers, they know what to do. They know the law, so they should be able to help me. But instead of helping Jesus Christ, they were mocking him. They said, you know, if you are really Christ, why don't you save yourself? Not only they believed he couldn't, he was a liar, he couldn't save himself, but they were mocking him just to show that he is absolutely nothing and he could do anything. And this is what the situation, in what the situation that Jesus Christ was. The people ignored him, the rulers. But even the soldiers, you know, if you read the passage, you know, the soldiers, they were also there to execute the law. But if the rulers didn't do it, how can you ask the soldiers to do it? And what exactly they have done, they did exactly what the chiefs did. They did exactly what the rulers did, and they said exactly the same thing. If you saved others, save thyself. And look at Jesus in that situation. So everybody left him. The people, the rulers, the soldiers. But also with him were crucified two men. One on his left, 
and the order on his life. And the first one, if you take a close look of this passage, and you will see, for example, in verse 36, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And when you read verse 39, and it says, one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and save us. So you can really see it now. Even this man who was with Jesus Christ, and this is a problem we have, because sometimes, because more people believe something, because more people say something, so we believe it is right. And also sometimes we believe that the crowd can do something for us. But this passage also helps us to realize if we have to die for the truth, we have to do it. And it is not every time when the, the crowd says something, it is right. Because this criminal, he is at the same place with Jesus Christ, but he was following the saying of the people, the rulers, and the soldiers. If we have to stand for the truth, even by ourselves, if they don't realize we are right now, they will know it one day. But this passage we have in front of us also helps us to learn three wonderful lessons. This passage helps us to also realize and to know the steps somebody needs to make in order to be saved. Because in verse 39, and uh, it says, And one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, and rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear So the second criminal, the other man, helps us exactly to learn and to see and to know the first step somebody needs to make in order to be saved. Because people are asking, why two people were, were in Jesus and why one was saved and the other one was not? And you can follow 
you know, the first one, but the second one gives us exactly the first step we need to know. And whoever we are, we need to know that. We need to know who Jesus Christ is. Don't you fear God? That's the first step. That the first thing, if somebody wants to be saved, if somebody wants to go to heaven, you need to know who Jesus Christ is. Last week, I talked on John chapter 10. And also I cited Matthew chapter 16. And to explain how Jesus Christ, he really was very, very concerned about people knowing who he is. You remember in Matthew chapter 16, he asked them, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He wanted to make sure. And if we are walking with him, and if we believe in him, it is very important for us to know who he is. Because you cannot go to heaven without knowing who Jesus Christ is. And the second criminal said, don't you fear God? Knowing who Jesus Christ is. 
But knowing who he is uh, is one thing. But it is very important for us to know who we are. Because if we do not know who we are, if you do not know who you are, you will be in trouble. It is exactly very important for us to know who Jesus Christ is, but also he is very important for us to know who we are. Sometimes we do not know who we are. And look at the second criminal, what he said in verse 39 of verse 40. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Don't do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, but we are receiving what we deserve. Who can say that? He knew exactly what, where he was. He deserved to be where he was. Sometimes we do something wrong, but we do not want to admit we did it. We want to do everything we can to show people that we are right. We don't want people to see we do something wrong. And he realized that. He knew that. We deserve. And he's talking to him. Not only he knew he was God, but he said we deserve that because we are receiving the same condemnation with him. In order to be saved, we have to realize and to know that we are sinners. We have to know ourselves. We have to know our hearts. We have to know who we are. And when we know who we are, we will know exactly there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. We can be some very good educated people. We can have everything we need. We can, have, we can be very friendly. We can have everything, but we cannot be saved because only one person can save us. We are sinners, and we deserve to die. And the second criminal knew that. He said, don't you fear God? We receive justly, but he has done nothing to be where he was. Not only he knew his heart, but he knew also that Jesus Christ didn't deserve to be where he was. He was a just man. And while I was preparing this message, you know, I thought about Nicodemus. This big ruler. He had everything. He believed he had everything. He believed he knew everything until he came and went to Jesus and said, uh, you know, I know you are Christ, and we cannot do anything. Anybody can do anything if God is not with him. He had to go to him. Who you are, you have to go to him. 
I'm going to Greenville in a few minutes. Next week, I will be in Haiti, but I cannot go to heaven without Jesus Christ. I can drive to go anywhere. I can buy a plane ticket to go anywhere if I have money. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> but I cannot go to heaven. In order to go to heaven, you have to go through Christ. And in order to go through Christ, you have to know who he is. And also, you have to know yourself. You have to know your heart. You have to know that he is the only one who can do that. There is one way. One way. You take it or you take it, you save, and you don't take it, you go straight to hell. That's the way it is. And uh, this is the reason why I really believe that the second criminal is in heaven today. Because Jesus Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Not a way, not a truth, not a life, but the only one. He is talking about the uniqueness of the way we can go to go to heaven. Do you know who he is? When you know who he is, you will have peace. As those people, they had peace in their heart while they were in the ship. And Charles Wesley, man, was terrified. When you know who he is, and when you know who you are, first it will help you to be humble. Because you will know that whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you have, it is just by God's grace. That's the reason I was thinking about me 49 ago, 49 years ago, in this remote village way of Haiti. Walking, running, naked. And on November 8, 2009, I'm standing up right in front of you, opening God's word and talking about God. And this is the same God that you have, and this is the same God I have, and we are saved by the same way. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Trust. But in order to trust him, you have to know who he is. You have to know yourself. But when you know who he is, when you know yourself, you know what? It will help you to know your need. It will help you to know, to realize your needs. Because when you do not know who you are, you will believe that you, you are good for everything. I don't need anybody, you know. You, you never heard people talk like that. I don't need anybody. I have everything. 
because you don't know really who you are. But in reality, you, you cannot do anything, you cannot do everything, and you cannot have everything. Only God does. But in order for you to realize that, you have to know who Jesus Christ is and also your own heart. And it will help you to know your name. Look at the passage. And look at the man talking to the first criminal when he said, If you are Christ, save yourself and us. The first criminal is talking to Jesus on the cross. And the second is talking to him. His eyes are exactly on him. Don't you feel God? He's talking to him. But also this passage helps me to know. There should be time in our lives we take our eyes off us and off people. Because, because when we keep looking on people, first, it will help us, it will make us to depend on them. So you will do nothing for yourself. You are expecting everything. They need to do everything for me because your eyes are on them. Or if you put your eyes upon yourself, you will see, look at me. I'm a big man. I'm a beautiful. I'm, you know, you are watching you are observing you need to take it off because it will make you a selfish person there is time in your life you have to take your eyes off yourself and others and put it upon jesus because this is exactly what this criminal did and look at the passage. He is talking to that man. And then at the end, he turned and talked to Jesus. And he said, remember me. In a few minutes, his face was exactly on this man. But now he gives him back and he turns to Jesus. And he's talking right now to Jesus. Remember me. Because you cannot save me. Because I cannot save myself. But I have to turn to the one who has the capacity to save me. Remember me. Because when you know your need, you will ask. You will not receive if you do not ask. Sometimes we do not ask because we believe that. You, they know I, what I need. You know what I need. You are my father. You are my friend. So they know. And if they don't do it because they don't want to do it. No, you have to ask. But you will ask when you know your need. You will know your need when you know yourself, your limitations. This criminal, he turned to Jesus and said, remember me, remember me. And the reason he said, remember me, because he knew first 
He is God. And as God, he can save him right where he was. He, he knew very clearly. He went exactly to the point, to the person he knew that could save him. He went exactly to Jesus and he asked him, remember me. Are you ready this morning to make a statement like that? Are you ready this morning to turn your face to Jesus? Are you ready this morning to turn back the, to the world and give your face to Jesus? Are you ready this morning to ask Jesus, please remember me? And because he turned to Jesus Christ, and because he asked him to remember him. And you could imagine with a, such a compassion and love, Jesus was looking at this man who was talking to him. Would you imagine how happy was Jesus when this man turned finally his face and talked to him, asking him, remember me, remember me. And the love of Jesus Christ pushed him to say, What an answer. Today, not tomorrow, not next year, not in a few weeks, but today. But you could also imagine how big was the eyes of the first criminal. Maybe he believed that the rulers, the people, and the soldiers could put him down the cross. But now this is this man. Jesus said, today. He is not changed. He is the same. Yesterday. Today. And forever. He saved uh, this criminal because uh, he knew who he was. He knew himself. He knew his needs and asked, uh, cried out for help. He is able to do it today. He is able to do it this morning. He is ready to do it right now. Now. He can do it. What we need to know, what we need to do, we need to know first who he is. We need to know second who we are. We need to know thirdly our needs, and we come to him. And now he is ready to save us. Dear Heavenly Father,
We do thank you and praise your holy name for who you are. You are not us. You are not somebody else. You are God. God our Almighty. The one who really can save us. The one who saved the criminal, who saved us, and who is able to save anyone who would put his trust in him. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Open our eyes and mind so we can know who you are. We can know ourselves. We can know our needs. And we can cry out for you to come and deliver us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.